earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? What? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you. What we got here is a failure to communicate. Welcome to the Uncommon Communicator Podcast, where we are here to bring enlightenment to the topic of communication. Today's playbook, we're going to discuss last week's episode with Adam Hoops, and two of the main topics that really stood out were respect, respect for people, and also visual communications. Those are the two things we're going to gravitate to today, and we're going to discuss a little bit deeper. First, we're going to start with respect. Now, within this book, the principle of respect for people, he kind of jumped ahead what he called in the order of the book to make sure that that was the most important thing. Now, let me read this excerpt from it. This principle, talking about respect, emphasizes creating an atmosphere that encourages open communication, active listening, and meaningful engagement. Respect for people involves promoting teamwork, trust, and empowerment, enabling workers to actively participate in decision-making processes and contribute their expertise to problem-solving and innovation. So really bringing respect into your conversations really means involvement and improvement, innovation. There's so many things that lead to that. And I would say that leaders need to recognize and respect everybody on the project. It goes all the way down to to the janitor and the laborers, all the way up to the project leads everyone needs to be given that respect to be able to bring about that innovation. Now, when we when we dove a little bit deeper into trying to learn a little bit about respect, a lot of the studies that I found all had to do with teaching children how to show respect. There's a lot of it, children, junior hires, there's a lot of lessons that are taught to try to teach it at that age, which really brought out a question to me is, is that where it all begins? When you see people that don't show respect, is it something that they might have missed at home, possibly? Is it something that has to happen in childhood? Now, of course, I don't just believe that. I think if you grew up in a home that didn't show respect, I do believe that it can be learned. So researching this has really led me to understand that there are ways that adults can apply it to their life. Now, one thing I want to add in for today, there's a book by Julie Pham. She's a PhD called The Seven Forms of Respect, A Guide to Transforming Your Communication and Relationships at Work. And we'll provide links in the show notes for this, as well as a link to her book. Now, in it, she categorized these seven forms of respect. Now, one thing that even she points out is there's so many different ways to show respect, but let's break it down into these seven. And if these seven fit within your workplace, these are things that you can do and maybe recognize that this is how you show respect. Because just like a lot of our workplace geniuses or a lot of our workplace habits, some things we're good at, other things we're not. And the things that we're not are always areas where we can improve on them. But her seven forms are her seven forms of respect are procedure, punctuality, information, candor, consideration, acknowledgement, and attention. And I think amongst those seven, it really does create quite the workflow for you to show and present respect in your job site. Now, procedure, what does that mean, right? I'm I'm big into systems. Let's have a system in place that says, uh, that allows for 
communication that allows for respect and really having a procedure in space in, in place really has to do with setting clear expectations. That's a procedure. Have that procedure in, in place that you have expectations so that you so people know how to fulfill your requests. They need to have a foundation or some boundaries. Set a procedure. I thought that was a great tip and a great way to start. Punctuality. That's a big one in sharing respect. One thing is to let people know beforehand if you're going to be late even or absent. That's that's a big one. Nothing worse than 10 minutes in, you get a text and somebody says, oh, I'm not going to make it. Or, or even five minutes before. But let people know. Oftentimes, I'll let people know, hey, I'm running late. You know, I'm, I'm in traffic or something. Voice to text. Certainly don't text while you're driving. Or make the phone call. Even if others know that you're going to be late, they won't mind as much that at the end of it, they can stay on schedule and they can end their appointments on time. These are things about punctuality that really show respect for people's time. That is one thing that I think kind of burns me a little bit is when you get to the end of a meeting and somebody's like, well, looks like we're ending early. I gave you three minutes back. And then they pat themselves on the back for three minutes and they don't, you don't even get the three minutes back. Punctuality and people's time is one of the most important things that you can give them. The next one is information. Now, what they do is they invite people to their meetings so they can stay informed or include them on emails, provide updates. These type of things show a respect. By doing this without being prompted, you're really showing that you are including them. There's a lot in respect that includes inclusiveness. Candor. This can be a tough one for a lot of people, but it's really demonstrating respect by asking probing questions, offering constructive feedback, bringing in opposing viewpoints, but in a respectful way. It is pointing out mistakes and errors. There are things that really when you express your displeasure for somebody, you do it to their face, to them, maybe alone and aside. But this type of candor can really bring about the change that an individual is really looking for. There's a book by Jill Scott, Scott called Radical Candor. Highly recommend reading it. She talks about how to approach these type of situations because really without candor, she could not have developed herself to the where she wanted to be. And, and specifically the, the point in candor for her, that was the point is she had finished this great presentation, thought she did great. And her leader took her aside and said, you know what? you would really do well to take some speech lessons. She's like, ah, no, I got it. And she said that she had blew it off a couple of times. And then finally they said, look, when you speak and you um and you err and you hem and you haw through these, these things, you sound like you're stupid. Now, those were harsh words. And she she knew that those were harsh words, but she knew that she needed that. And that, that individual actually elevated it for her to the point where they used those harsh words for her to really register but she changed the course of her life with that candor and her career. So candor can bring about the change in people that really benefits them for their entire life. And they're hard conversations to have. But in doing that, you're respecting that person, not letting it. It's very similar to that. Hey, your fly uh, needs to be zipped up. You know, things like that, those type of situations where, you know, they're tough to do, but you tell somebody to help them out. Consideration. It's really about anticipating what people want and need. That's a great sign of respect. You really avoid bringing up like conversation topics 
that they think they might find difficult or things you know that are hard to talk about. You know, knowing that person, that's showing that consideration for that individual. And this is a big one, acknowledgement, thanking people for their work. It's as simple as that. I had this conversation with, with one of our clients recently where just bringing in donuts or bagels for her people or, or even lunch once in a while, they love that. And we talked about how even thanking for doing their job, giving that positive praise and recognition really brings about, and doing it verbally, really brings about that attention, that respect. The next one is attention. And what that does is really you demonstrate respect by listening attentively. And on this show, we've talked a lot about active listening, and there's a lot to eye contact, but also referring back to their comments to really listen and engage in that conversation That is a sure sign of respect. And also don't multitask while you're doing it. We talked a little bit about this when Adam uh, on the last show, don't pull your phone up and start checking your emails when you're done talking. You really want to show all of your respect by giving that person the attention that they deserve. And that's showing respect. So with those seven things really covers a lot of the ideas on how you can show better respect in the workplace at home. These are all things that are really going to help you become a better listener. And we're going to add those to the UC playbook because these are important. The other topic that Adam really jumped into that I really was really jazzed about was visual visual communications. I love the idea of it. Now, this is a, a clip from his book. When you can actually visualize what you're thinking, you're more likely to understand it better and people will automatically gravitate to it and try to correct it. It's kind of something within human nature that when we see information that's not right, we tend to speak up versus when we hear information that's not right, we don't really tend to speak up. If somebody says a word wrong, ah, maybe they slipped. But if they go up on a whiteboard and then they write it out and you see it and you think that's not right, it engages that conversation. Now, years ago, when I was a superintendent, a very new superintendent, I had a foreman who was creating this rigging plan and it was... fairly complicated. We were rigging these large kettle tops while we were working at Miller Coors. These uh, copper kettle tops, they're kind of hidden behind the background. They're spare ones. And we had to pick some up and move them to a different location where they're move them to a different location right in that same area. Now, as Joe starts telling me this story, I wasn't quite getting it. So I asked a few more questions, still not fully understanding it. You know, and, and in rigging, we create plans, we draw them out. We hadn't done that yet. I couldn't quite understand where he was headed with it. So I asked him to write it out. And when he drew it up himself, you know, questions started to pop up. Well, where's my center points when I'm picking this item up? Is it going to swing this way? Is it going to swing that way? Is it going to go in the right direction? What's the load capacities of what I'm, I'm rigging to? All these questions came up. And when he drew the picture up, he realized himself that it wasn't going to work. His own drawing gave him the visualization that this wasn't going to work. And together we were able to get some real measurements of the the points we were going to pick. And it was going to be, you know, a couple of chain falls that were going to be at some different locations. And we were able to do it safely and do it efficiently because we drew it out because it had a visual plan that really told the story. 
And that's one of the things that's important in any type of visualization. I'm a big fan of the whiteboard. You know, I mentioned about story time, but sometimes just drawing stick figures on a board can really tell a story to somebody, have it spelled out, have it written out, look at any way that you can communicate that. And as my friend Buddy said, get it out of that computer. Let's get it out of that computer and get it up on a board where people can really see it. Now, Adam shared with me in, all, or in the book about a an exercise where they would give some verbal dis- descriptions on how to build this uh, paper airplane. Seems easy. We've all done paper airplanes, but they wanted to get a look on this airplane and they gave it to them verbally. And he says, one out of 50 might get it right on those verbal directions. And then the next task that they do is then they show some pictures on how to fold that paper airplane like they were describing it in the words. And just about everybody picks it up. And that really demonstrates in this presentation that he does the power of visual communication. Everybody nails it when they can see pictures. So those are really two key things that we learned. And this is for our playbook for this week is first respect. There's the seven ways of showing respect. You know, I want to thank first our our author, uh, Julie Pham, for sharing these. Again, I will share those links. The seven forms of respect are procedure, punctuality, information, candor, consideration, acknowledgement, and attention. Apply those things and you're going to improve the respect on your job and your project or within your life. And you're going to get better engagement and you're going to communicate better. And then finally, visual communications. Think, think about how you take words and put them into pictures and do both of them. And your communications are going to go a whole lot farther. And I will end with a very key UC moment that Adam left for us, which is this. You cannot not communicate. And that's all we got for today. See you. Bye.